Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously, thus far the text. Each one of us has probably had something similar happen in our lives. We reach out for our keys and they aren't there. Immediately there's that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. Your pulse quickens. Your mind races as you begin to ask yourself, where did I last see them? Or where was I when I last had them? And what in the world am I going to do now? But hopefully, before too long, there is that moment of relief mixed with joy when you find the keys that were lost. That sense of panic subsides, you calm down, and you may even have a smile on your face. Well, our gospel lesson for today is all about the lost and the found. Not lost and found keys, of course, but something much more precious, something much more important, lost and found people. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the final time. And he knows what awaits him when he arrives. Betrayal, arrest, crucifixion. But even knowing all of that, as he travels to Jerusalem, he is interested in and is engaging people. Lost people. Some people who have an inkling that they are lost, and sadly, other people who don't realize at all that they are lost. Our gospel lesson begins with those whom the scribes and the Pharisees would certainly think of as lost, the tax collectors and sinners, as Luke describes them. The tax collectors at that time were seen as traitors by God's people. After all, they were collecting money for the Romans who were ruling over God's people. And the sinners, they would be the poor, the disabled, the blind, the deaf, the people that the scribes and the Pharisees mistakenly thought and reasoned must be big sinners because of their condition now in their life. Tax collectors and sinners are coming to Jesus with one purpose in mind, to hear him. Hopefully, this is the beginning of repentance. Hopefully, this is the beginning of their turning away from sin and turning toward Jesus. And then there is the other group, the scribes and the Pharisees. The ones who mistakenly didn't even realize that they were lost. All that they could do was grumble and complain against Jesus. And what was their complaint against Jesus? This man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. See, the scribes and the Pharisees had strict rules and regulations about their table fellowship, rules and regulations concerning who they would eat with 
and who they would not eat with. And tax collectors and sinners were people that the scribes and the Pharisees would never eat with. And so, tax collectors and sinners are coming to hear Jesus. Scribes and Pharisees can only complain because Jesus isn't following their rules. And this is what moves Jesus to launch into the two parables in our gospel lesson for today. Two stories that Jesus composes using earthly details in order to teach his hearers, and ultimately us, something about life in the kingdom of God. In the first parable, there are 100 sheep. 99 are safe, and one is lost. And Jesus asks which man in that situation would not leave the 99 and go and search after the one who is lost until he has found it. Now in Bible times, a flock of 100 sheep would have more than one shepherd. Allowing that one shepherd to go off and search for that lost sheep without endangering or abandoning the other 99. And thankfully, in the parable, the shepherd finds that sheep that was lost. He rejoices. He puts the sheep over his shoulder and brings it back to the flock, and there is much rejoicing. In the second parable, there are ten coins, and one of them is lost. And again, there is a diligent search. The woman lights a lamp in her home. She fervently sweeps the floor until she finds that lost coin. And again, there is great rejoicing. Well, let's unpack these two parables. That which is lost, the lost sheep, the lost coin, those are lost people. Unrepentant sinners outside of Jesus Christ, outside of the kingdom of God. And the one who is searching diligently for those lost items is none other than Jesus. And the being found, that's repenting, turning away from sin and turning to Jesus, being found by him. And so the point is clear. Instead of grumbling and complaining, these scribes and Pharisees should be rejoicing for sinners are being found by Jesus. They are in the process of repenting and turning to him. As Jesus says in our gospel lesson, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous who have no need of repentance. Or perhaps we should say, think they have no need of repentance. And so let's ask ourselves the question, what determines whether someone is lost or found? There is only one factor involved, their relationship with Jesus Christ. Outside of Jesus Christ, one can only be lost. And in Jesus Christ, is the result of God already finding that person and burning them to faith in Jesus Christ. 
And so in our gospel lesson, who are those that are actually the lost? Well, the lost sinners and tax collectors are coming to hear Jesus. We don't know the result of that encounter, but we hope and pray that the words of Jesus led them to repentance and to faith and trust in Jesus. If that were the case, they would have been found by him. But the scribes and the Pharisees, who could only grumble and complain, who were stuck in their own self-righteousness and mistakenly thought they had no need of repentance, at least at that point, they were lost. And make no mistake about it, Jesus would have been delighted to find those scribes and Pharisees as well. He would have been rejoicing and to bring them home to the fold into the kingdom of God as well. But they would not. And now the big question. Where do you see yourself in today's gospel lesson? First of all, may God shield us from any thought that we have no need of repentance May God keep us from a self-righteous attitude and a condescending attitude toward those who are lost. For if we are honest with ourselves, we must admit that each one of us here today was lost at one time. We believe and we confess what God tells us in his word about ourselves, namely, that we were by nature sinful and unclean. We were conceived and born lost, separated from God and apart from him. And just like a lost sheep or a lost coin cannot save themselves, so also there was nothing that we could do in order to save ourselves. But thanks be to God, that we have a Savior who not only receives sinners and eats with them, but a Savior who seeks the lost sheep, a Savior who searches out for the lost sheep. In our Old Testament lesson for today, God expresses his disgust with the spiritual leaders, with the shepherds who were over God's people in the Old Testament, and then he promises this, I, I myself, will seek my sheep. And that's exactly what God did in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, God came to this earth in person in order to seek and save that which was lost. And he did so by becoming lost himself on the cross abandoned there and forsaken by his own Father so that you and I might be found in him. And individually and very personally, it was in your baptism that God found you. It was in the water and word of baptism that God claimed you as his lost sheep now found and washed away all of your sin and made you an heir of everlasting life. And isn't it wonderful to know that just as we rejoice whenever we have a baptism here in our midst, 
there is also rejoicing in heaven whenever a baptism takes place. Whenever a lost sheep is found, how wonderful for you to consider that at the point of your baptism, there was rejoicing in heaven as you, a lost sheep, were found by your good shepherd. Back on January 12 of 2010, there was a massive earthquake in Haiti. Many houses, many buildings collapsed, and many people were missing. Among those people missing was an eight-day-old infant. The mother said she had just finished feeding that eight-day-old infant on the second floor of their house. She was coming down the stairs when the earthquake struck and her house collapsed. Lost somewhere in the rubble of that house was that eight-day-old infant. For seven days, search workers worked very slowly, very methodically, very carefully, removing the rubble of that house. And on the seventh day, they found that infant alive. The mother came and took her child. There was great rejoicing, not only in that family, but throughout the entire community. The grandfather was quoted as saying, everyone knew that that child was lost except for the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I are God's search-working teams here and now in this place. And just as Jesus was interested in and engaged those who were lost on his way to Jerusalem, so also we are interested in and we are engaging all of those who are lost as we walk through the steps of this life. Praying for them, first of all, as we already did here this morning. Praying that God would move them to repentance and bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. Demonstrating to them and showing them every opportunity we have, the compassion and the love that God has for them. And as opportunities arise speaking up boldly and confidently with what God has done for them and for all people through his Son, Jesus Christ. As individuals and as a congregation collectively, may God continue to work through us, his search-working teams, so that we might be used by him to pull those who are lost from the sin-ruined rubble of this world so that their mind continue to be rejoicing here on earth and in heaven as the lost are found. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.